0: Okay, so I'd like to think I'm cool and in on all the cool stuff in life, but Steve sent me this video this week about a burger business that pays people to eat at it, and I'm like, what? Hi, I'm Kyle, and today on Ministry During the Disruption, we're talking about Mr. Beast and Burgers. <coughs> All right, hello, hello, welcome to the podcast. My name's Kyle, and this is Ministry During the Disruption, and we ha- today our senior ch- giveaway charity correspondent on YouTube is Steve Tamayo. Hey, Steve Tamayo, how are you?
1: I do have the spiritual gift of generosity. I have been told by my wife when she's like, you're just giving stuff away. It makes her a little crazy, rightly so. And I love this topic of the day. Uh, This, we're going to be looking at one of the world's most famous, most prominent YouTubers. And the thing that he is known for is insane stunts that involve generosity.
0: Yeah, so I was not familiar with this person. I'm not a huge YouTuber in myself. I don't really watch YouTube that often, but when I watched these videos, they're like, I was very confused. I'm very interested in what we're talking about today. Just, just really quickly too, though, he's got like, like his a random video I'm looking at. He has like over a hundred million views on on each like some of his videos. So, okay, Steve, tell tell me more about this Mister Beast guy. What's going on?
1: So his name is Jimmy Donaldson. And when he was 13, he started a YouTube channel, which he called Mr. Beast. And at first, he was making kind of watch me play videos where he's like playing a video game and Twitch streaming it, that kind of thing. But he really hit the big time when he did a stunt video where he counted to a hundred thousand. So like one, two, three, four. Five, all the way to a hundred thousand. The video went on and on and on. It took hours and hours and hours, and he got millions of people to watch this video. And so he has done bigger and crazier stunt videos, and along the way, he has developed this real heart for charity. So, one of his most recent videos, he went in with a whole bunch of cash and walked into five different stores and bought every item in the store. So in North Carolina in the wintertime, he bought every jacket, every warm pair of socks, every gloves, every scarf in the store, and then he donated that to charity. And you get to see this like beautiful moment where this older proprietor in the store, who's never seen or imagined anything like this, suddenly has every item in his store purchased. I literally, uh, Mr. Beast, you know, Jimmy says, you know, what would it cost to just buy everything in your store? And the guy says $75,000. And Jimmy says, I'll give you 85 and paid him $85,000 and loaded a U-Haul full of stuff. And one of the things I love about these generosity stunt videos is that, is that I can see in my kids, this, Picture of success and generosity being tied to each other, and that's what makes the most recent story about Mr. Beast so fascinating to me.
0: Okay, okay, hold up one second though. How does he do this? Like, how does he have the money to just literally throw seventy five thousand dollars into a store? Is it just because he's so famous? Like that's something that, like, I as an uneducated person, I'm like, how does he do this?
1: So his YouTube videos have commercials. And, you know, he's he's able to do stunts like this, the way NBC can do stunts. He's sponsored, he's got a number of sponsorships, and he has 50 million subscribers.
0: Yeah, right now, right now, he's got 54.4 million subscribers. Yeah, he's actually doing a thing
1: where for every new subscriber he gets, he donates 10 cents to charity. And he did that shortly after he crossed the 50 million mark. So, he's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to charity. Uh, this is a 22-year-old. This is a 22-year-old who has the ear of millions of people and is using it to, to link success and generosity, that, that people who are successful need to be people who are generous, and that when you're generous, you can do it and have fun. It doesn't have to feel painful to be generous. And that's... so. I heard a story about him in December, which was just shocking to me. I heard that in one month, he launched 300 restaurants. 300 restaurants in a month. Locations all across the United States. I was so stunned by this. I was like, how did he do this? And it's in this spirit of generosity. So here's what he did. He saw that restaurants were struggling due to the pandemic and that people were uh, at the risk of losing their jobs. And he started asking, how can I help? And so he launched 300 virtual restaurants that use existing kitchens and existing restaurant workers. People who work at Buca de Beppo are now also working at Mr. Beast Burger, where when they get orders for burgers and fries and chicken sandwiches, um, that same restaurant can use some of their extra capacity to service Mr. Beast orders. There's no in-person dining. You can get it delivered to your house. It, you know, and what people have said, it's kind of like a low rent, uh, Smashburger, you know, in terms like, you know, it's like Smashburger for McDonald's prices.
0: Yeah. So I, I saw some of these things, videos where he's just, he opens these, the physical locations for these restaurants too. And he just gives burgers like away. And he gives he, he did he, gives, he did that he he did that as a
1: launch stunt. It was a temporary location.
0: Yeah, he did it as a temporary launch stunt and to promote his thing. He like went around and he gave them burgers and stuff for free. And then he also gave them money. Like he gave them hundred dollars, stacks of hundred dollars. And he ran out of money and he got more. He got like a bag. I stopped watching when he got a bag of two hundred thousand dollars and like threw. Ten thousand dollars at somebody's car, and I was like, "What is going on? This is crazy." But but it's cool. Like this is such an amazing generosity piece. Like I I I don't I don't know. I'm 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 still flabbergasted, Steve. Tell me tell me more about what we can do to take away from this. Like what? Like why why are why are we talking about this? This is such a weird thing.
1: Yeah. So so here's my take. Here's my take is when we approach from this posture that asks, how can I help? We find ways of partnership and collaboration that open unthinkable opportunities. And that's it. That's that's all he's doing. He's looking at the situation and he's saying, I see these restaurant workers who are at risk of being laid off. I see these restaurants who are operating under capacity and they're really struggling. How can I help? And as a result, they came up with this concept, this virtual restaurant concept, and launched 300 locations. And I wonder what would happen if during the disruption, we were able to crawl out of our own stuff long enough, and sometimes it's really hard to do that, to crawl out of our own own stuff long enough to just look and say, how can I help? You know, when you hear someone who's crying out over racial injustice, and you ask, okay, how can I help? When you hear someone who's been in nursing school and they're worried that the career that they've chosen might be way more dangerous than they realized, and you just ask to that nursing student, how can I help? When we ask Mm. that question, how can I help? There are unlimited things that God can open up for us in our ministries and in our world.
0: I guess one thing that makes me think of is... One thing that I'm impressed by with this guy, right, is that his what he's doing is extravagant, and it's really creative, right? And I think I think to me that taps into something that I think is quite is like is is an imitation of what Christ is like. He's incredibly extravagant and he's incredibly creative, right? And I think to me, um, what I've noticed as well is I think he has a team of people helping him do all this stuff too. He's not he's not just doing this alone, right? And I think I'm curious, like if we, as a group, as like a movement of university and like staff and students, got together and we found people who are similar stuff, like, oh, hey, look, we are all seeing this problem over here, and we're passionate about it, and you just had idea sessions for hours trying to come up with fun, interesting, weird ways to make like a difference, help, right? Because I, I think one thing that I I can find when I hear you say like oh I'm going to try to figure out how to help right I immediately think Steve like oh I'm like I can't do anything about that right me me myself and I I'm tired I'm exhausted I I can't do that alone right but like if I if me and my be- my, my my like five best friends could figure out a way to like f- have fun and help people right then. I would do it like I like especially right now like I've got nothing else to do right like I've been playing video games and watching tv too much like let's actually do something fun you know and and active I think that could be like that's like a really inspiring thing for me that I can see from this but I do think it takes that creativity piece like creativity seems to me to be so important
1: well in creativity and criticism struggle to go hand in hand. And so often during the disruption, I have found myself standing on the sidelines critical of those who are getting in the game and saying, you know, I I look at his stunt video where he buys everything, and I'm like, well, what about the customers who show up looking for a jacket later that day, and they can't get one because you just bought it all in a stunt? And aren't there more financially efficient ways to get jackets to the poor? And uh, how's it going to affect that shopkeeper to have sold out in one day and then how's it going to affect his supply chain and get stuff in and you know wouldn't it have been better for him to have used that $70,000 $85,000 whatever uh, to be, have used it in other ways and i find myself in the critic posture of not only criticizing the work that other people are doing but giving myself a subconscious excuse for inaction and In that way, I actually find myself showing up again and again and again in Scripture as uh, the extravagant, faithful, generous God who we worship. There were always people around him who criticized that behavior, who criticized David for his passionate dancing before the Lord, who criticized Jesus uh, for uh, the—
0: Working on the Sabbath, for example.
1: For healing on the Sabbath. Yeah, I I was trying to think. Who criticized the woman— for breaking the perfume and pouring it on Jesus, wouldn't that have been better spent for the poor? And there's a way in which the answer is, of course, yes, it would be better sold and given to the poor. And yet, and yet, what she did was remarkable. And um, there's a part of me that's just kind of done being a critic. I say that. I, I don't want to be a critic.
0: It's really easy for us to look at an action and, and game plan it out, and several deviations down the road, we're like, "Yep, that's bad, right?" And I know in college when I was studying philosophy and the concept of utility and utilitarianism, that's a huge problem for utility and utilitarianism as well. I, I think you're kind of right. Like, I think cr- critique here in this scenario is like, especially in the current world we're in, like, like if we're trying to be generous and we're trying to do good, like. I think that's, like, in some ways, all we can really ask for. I, I will say there is room for constructive, like, feedback of, like, like if, especially if you're on the same team, right? Like, if we're on the same team, you and I, Steve, and we're like, hey, we have, you know, if we have $75,000 just to give away, what are we going to do with it, right? And if we could say, what's the most efficient way, what's the most, thing like, et cetera way, right? But we no matter what we do, no matter what action we take, it's not going to be perfect because we're human beings, right? And it's much more about, especially as Christians, right? Like, how are we in response to God and his love and his extravagant and creative love? How are we going to respond? And whatever we do, I think, it, like, in that response to that, um, with Christ at our center, I think that is, I think it's above reproach, I, I think, above criticism. Well,
1: you know, it's as much about my soul as it is about my ministry activity. If I find myself constantly being in the critic's seat, and never celebrating, never cheering, never being generous, um, if I find myself constantly playing it safe and never putting myself in a situation where I could make a mistake, then something's going wrong in my soul. So, I'm not saying that there's never a time to be critical, that there's never a time for a prophetic word of correction. The Lord knows we need that sometimes. What I just say is is that there's a difference between between being a critic and being a drum major. And I just I really want to encourage people to to watch. And this is not tone policing, this is soul care. For your soul. Be careful if you're constantly criticizing, if you see an act of radical generosity and you're envious because someone is generous. I feel this as I feel this as a Latino person in our time of racial injustice. I feel that temptation to say, why are we talking about AAPI uh, racism and racism against uh, blacks and African Americans and not talking about the anti-Latino racism? And there is enough, uh, anti-racist activity for us all. I, I don't have to be envious because my organization is being generous. In fact, if I start to be generous and to speak out on behalf of my brothers and sisters, if I start to reach out to a community who's not my own, there's actually this really beautiful thing that unlocks in my soul that's for me. It's not even necessarily for anyone else. One of the things I love most about Mr. Beast is how incredibly happy that guy is. Like being generous does something for you. And this time of disruption is a time that requires radical generosity.
0: Well, with all that being said, if you would like to be radically generous with us, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and check it out and share with us ways that you want to be radically generous, how you are being radically generous, and You can also like, subscribe, and review us, and that would be radically and extravagantly generous as well. Make something creative, too, when you write write a review, because, you know, have fun with it. Have Have a good time with it. But regardless, thanks for listening to our podcast, and you can check out our sponsor right after this.
1: Okay. I'm really excited about today's sponsor. They have taken this creative, generous posture and have made this really beautiful set of invitations, cards, stickers called Have You Eaten Yet? And it's designed particularly to invite Asian American students to participate in Christian community. This phrase, Have You Eaten or Have You Eaten Yet? is a really common phrase in Mandarin culture and actually throughout many Asian Asian Pacific Islander cultures. And so they've created a set of cards, a set of stickers uh, that you can use in order to invite people to connect with Jesus and connect with Christian community. You can find these at store.intervarsity.org They're incredibly cute. Uh, we're going to share an image of them in our Instagram so you can see. But they are beautiful. I think, Kyle, I can say the word punderful. And uh, they're created by InterVarsity's Asian American Ministries. And I'm incredibly proud of them and impressed with what they've made and would love for you to get to experience these. So go to store.intervarsity.org. You can search Have You Eaten Yet to see the cards and the digital toolkit. And we'll put a link to it in our show notes.